Welcome to America's Defense Communities, the podcast. I'm Randy Ford. Today, we're bringing you discussions I had with two defense community leaders. They work primarily with different military services in different states and often on different issues. But there's a common thread in their work, and we see it in the work of many of their colleagues across the country. They come from military backgrounds. It gives them a unique perspective on the needs on each side of the fence. Later in the podcast, we'll hear from Dayton Development Coalition's Elaine Bryant. But first, here's my discussion with Jim Iacocca. He's the president and CEO of the Knox Regional Development Alliance in Kentucky. He recently announced he's stepping down at the end of 2024. We talked about his work at KRDA and his Army career. He served at the Pentagon and at several installations, including Fort Knox, where he retired from the Army in 2019. I started by asking him about the transition from military service to becoming a defense community leader. You know, it's funny. I just spoke on this recently uh, to a community where I shared this. And I, I, I'll tell you, hey, how much time do you have to talk about this? You know, we but I'll, 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 I'll try to give you the Reader's Digest version. So, you know, KRDA, so the community created KRDA they started the, in 2016. It had been an organization for many years called the Core Committee, but they wanted to create a full-time organization called KRDA in 2016. 2015-2016, uh, they hatched the idea. They called me a year out from my retirement and said, hey, we'd like you to do this job. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm, I've got a whole year to retire. I, I can't do it. You know, you're going to fill this as soon as you advertise it. And you know, nine months later, the job still wasn't filled. They had interviewed some folks. They even offered the job to somebody and they, and the person didn't take it. And so I kind of like to think it was divine intervention. And I say that because I, Fort Knox is such a wonderful installation and the community outside Fort Knox is under wonderful installation. I'm like, it's such a wonderful community. I'm like, they're going to fill it in a heartbeat. And, and they didn't. And so, you know, as I was transitioning out, I, I knew what I didn't want to do but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but there were certain things I took off the list. But one thing I knew I wanted to do was, was serve. I, I you know, I, I did that for 29 years in uniform. So I still wanted to do something to make things around me better and to continue to, uh, to serve. And so that's why I think this job is just so great because I work in a great community for a great installation, you know, Fort Knox and, I, I continue to serve a community and, and and serve Fort Knox and try to make things better for everybody involved. So that that's so that was my journey to that is as I trans, transitioned out, I knew what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to be a government contractor. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It just wasn't for me. Right. And and, um, and I knew I wanted to serve. And this just opportunity, I just amazed that it was still open nine months later. They came to me and said, are you interested now? I'm like, sure, let's talk. And, you know, it, it just, it worked out beautifully. What was your back experience in terms of working with communities when you were still in uniform? Oh, so again, as I mentioned, the core committee was here for decades before it just, it, right. it, it, it turned itself into KRDA. Uh, so I had two tours on Fort Knox. The first time I was here, 2008 to 2010 as a brigade commander, and then I came back from 2013 to 2017 as the DCG of recruiting and then the adjutant general of the army. And in both those times, the, the community was extremely, extremely welcoming 
and uh, proud of Fort Knox and having Fort Knox there. Attendance by elected officials, community leaders, business leaders at all kinds of events on the on on Fort Knox, and Fort Knox's participation in a whole bunch of different events off the installation. So, you know, my impression of the community was one that really valued Fort Knox, valued the service of the military members at Fort Knox, and you know, in turn, the members at Fort Knox really appreciated the community. You know. Com- Every community around Fort Knox would have a community partnership dinner. I mean, you're going to social events all the time right. off, the, yeah. off the installation. So it was really nice. And I'm not taken away from anybody else. You know, I've been around a bunch of different installations in the Army, 29 years in the Army, bunch of different installations, but bunch of different posts. I never felt welcomed as anywhere as I did at Fort Knox. And so that really, you know, resonated with my my, my wife and I and why retiring here was an easy decision. And when this job opportunity came up, it was an easy decision. Has that then been part of your mission is to make sure that other service members and their families feel as welcome in the community as you did? So it is really one of our four goals is to do everything that we can to make sure that the community does everything it can for the soldiers and spouses at, at Fort Knox. So we we do spend a lot of time with programs to welcome soldiers to Fort Knox to help spouses find employment and on the flip side, helping soldiers transition out into meaningful work in in the community. I'm curious what you think, because I think nationally um, our, our country is very supportive of our military and certainly we see that in defense communities. Um, but I think it it requires more than what some people realize you have kind of the the surface level you see the flags you know thank you for your service and those are important things but it really takes more to kind of cultivate those deeper relationships and and make the most of them for for folks on both sides of the fence um what what do you think takes what it, what it requires to have those deeper relationships so what i really think it it, it takes is the the community really understanding what the installation needs and 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 meeting those needs. Um, you know, many times the community says, hey, we want to do this. I'm like, that's not what Fort Knox needs. Well, we want to do this. I'm like, Fort Knox isn't going to support it. So it's understanding those things to make sure that you don't get sideways ahead of or behind the installation that that uh that you are supporting. I think it's going that uh, that extra mile that when there's a need on the installation uh, that the community supports it. And like you said, everybody's supportive for, for all those things. And, you, you know, it comes around the holidays and for at Thanksgiving and Christmas, mm-hmm. there's toy drives and there's food drives and all those things. It, it, it's helping to give generously to to those events to support. I think it's also very much, inviting the military to be part of your community and you know having a seat for them on various boards in the community non-voting members obviously but to be able to be there to be part of that community it's inviting them out to to uh to speak at various events it's one of those things i don't know i I don't think it's really rocket science it's just those partnerships of making those deeper connections 
And, you know, you guys at ADC talk about it all the time. Um, and it, and it's true. Blur the line. Where does the where does the post start and where does the community end or or vice versa? And 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 and, and blur that line. Now, granted, there's a hard fence that runs across the road right, right. and there's gate yeah, access. Yeah, you gotta use your ID to get into one part you know, of it. There, uh, but there, yeah. You know, there's that there's that gate access. But but when it's one of those things, when the community when when the post asks for support and the community provides it. Or, you know, when when the community needs something and the, and the post says, how can we help? Those are things that really build those those relationships. And it's different every place you go. Some places are are, are so independent and, and so large, it, it, it's much harder uh, on some of the installations where it's smaller and the community is the installations more remote and the community is really the only thing that that's out there. It really becomes a little bit tighter. We, around the I time, know, the- I don't know if I really answered that question well. You know what what it takes, what it really takes. I, I, if I were going to sum it up in a word, it it, it it takes a close relationship. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what that's we talk about that as the the one community concept that you uh, reference there, and then also by helping promote some best practices among great American defense communities. And and around the time that you transitioned from Fort Knox to KRDA uh, in 2018, uh, Fort Knox region was was named a great American defense community. What has that uh, designation or that kind of um, uh, uh, title meant to the area? And and what do you think it means to uh, act as a great American defense community? Yeah. So first, I, I've got to tell you that, you know, it's better to be lucky than good. And, you know, uh, all that work was done uh, in 2017 before I even joined the organization yeah. in 18. And I just walked into that. Right. So I'm like, right. hey, and, great. And my first ADC event, we're being recognized as a great American defense community. So and I knew that, but I wasn't going to put that on you. But, uh, but it's all yeah. fair. Let's be transparent. Yeah, I just, you know, then, I, I've, I've been very blessed in many ways, but. You know, I think what it meant for the community was recognition for what the community does for Fort Knox. Mm-hmm. You know, the the events of, you know, the, the support that it gave to transitioning service members, uh, the recognition it gives to soldiers when, when they come there, the welcoming attitude, um, the, the patriotism, the love of of those service members and their families i think to to the community it was validation and so that that's what i think it meant to the community at that moment i think it sent the message to the post that there's a lot of great places around the country but your community was just recognized among the best what it meant going forward was let's just keep doing what we're doing and how can we make it better and I, and I think that's what it, it, you know, so validation of and recognition of what you were doing, letting the post know that we've been recognized by a national organization for the community support, but let's not rest on our laurels. What what can, what can this, let's keep doing what we're doing because it mattered. What can we do to take it up a notch? And I think that's where the, the community was just like, hey, th- this was really great and very proud. I mean, you could just see how proud they were when, when you know Bob Ross came down to present at uh, at and you know it, it, I don't know if you know this, it it, it co- corresponded with the hundredth 
anniversary of Fort Knox being Fort Knox. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was there that day as well when uh, the the soldiers and community members recreated that hundred year old photo spelling out Fort Knox on the that field. That was wonderful. You know, uh, just a side note, I was still in my one year cooling off period as a general officer. Oh, right. I couldn't represent directly to Fort Knox. They, oh, so right. they, they, they let they let me go out there and speak a little bit. Um, but and they they let me stand in the formation, but I, I, I couldn't be involved in the planning of the event. It's crazy. And so once my one year cooling off period is over, <laughs> things got a lot nicer. Yeah, you were ready that, to be hands that, on. That that first year was a little challenging. And that event that happened during the first year was really kind of funny. Well, you you mentioned looking forward. So um you I think a lot of our listeners know that, that you you have uh, made the decision that you're gonna retire from KRDA at the end of 2024. We're talking now in the fall of 2023. So there's still some time for that transition. What what guidance would you give to kind of the the next generation of defense community leaders, whether that's who eventually takes your place at KRDA or people who um, are working in other communities or like you want to, like you said you did, want to serve in that capacity? So, you know, I think what makes a great, great defense community leader is the same thing that makes a great leader anywhere, and that's humility and and having a servant's heart mm. and and helping others first. Uh, I, I think that's really you know that's aspirational. You know, we all try to do it. Um, we fall short, we get up, we keep trying. So it's not like you know you're going to live it every day. I mean, if you can, great. But you know, to have a servant's heart and and just be humble and and just think of everything first. Uh, you know, uh, before you think about self, listen. You know, that's one of those things. Listen first, you know, you know, speak, speak second. And sometimes don't speak at all. Just listen and, you know, let somebody else in the room answer. You know, I, I learned that from a very senior general officer, like, hey, be the last person to speak in the room, because as soon as you speak, everybody else stops. And so, you know, I think great leaders by position of being the leader in the room, people may defer to you. So don't don't speak until you have to and, and let other people share the ideas enlist support of others, you know, build the team, understand that, you know, KRDA is just one, the Knox Regional Development Alliance is just one part of the puzzle. We have engaged chambers of commerce in the different communities, right? We have industrial foundations and, and other economic organizations in the communities, and we all need to work together. So be a good team player, be a good partner, uh, enlist the support of others and, and and work with others and 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 plug in where you can, and um, tell your community and your installation story as often as you can in as many places as you can. You know, a lot of that sounds like uh, the kind of the kind of a modified cooling off period uh, in in general, where it's it's about letting other people take on some some roles too, and not just being the commander in the room, right. Um, is there anything else you want to to mention about your work or or what you think um, can be happening in defense communities? Uh, so, you know, I, I I think the challenges ahead are um, are interesting for all defense communities. You know, I think that we're all alike, but we're all, you know we're all alike and we're all different. Mm -hmm. Right. It doesn't matter, you know, where you are in, you know, we have different missions and different commands and and even different services. Yet we all work towards the same thing. And that is to make 
uh, our base, our post camp stations, installation bases, whatever you want to call them, the best that they can be in the communities as most supportive as they can be develop relationships with new leaders as they come in. So that's how we're all different and, and all the same. I think what's really the, the challenges ahead. And I'd like to say it's short term, but history says it's not budget uncertainty. Yeah. You know, the, that budget uncertainty really hurts our installations and um, the recruiting challenge right now. I know it's affected Knox, you know, it's, it has slowed or even stopped mission growth in the army. And, you know, there, there was a unit that was probably going to come to Fort Knox in the next couple of years that now is on permanent hold because of the recruiting challenges. Right. And, you know, I don't think that just affects Fort Knox. I think that affects everybody. And uh, I think those budget uncertainties uh, affect everybody as well. Yeah. You know, and, and, and as I look to KRDA's own future before I leave, you know, some of my focus is on, you know, finding the right person to to take this job. Um, you know, I, I'm leaving because, you know, quite candidly, our daughter lives in Portland, Oregon. We live in Louisville, Kentucky. It's too far away. And so I I, I love what I do. And I tell folks, if, if our daughter was within a three hours drive, I would never leave here. <laughs> um, but but she's not. And, and my wife and I want to be closer. And, and that's why I'm leaving. So I have a very vested interest and who comes in behind me to to uh, to take on the organization and um, to to work with the community installation? So you still have a busy year ahead, is what I'm hearing. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for for uh, everything you do there at Fort Knox, and then also for being such a strong voice within ADC and continuing to do that again for the for the next year plus. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I and you know just to tell you, I I, I really. I've really enjoyed my association with with ADC. You know, before I took this job, I didn't know that, you know, there was an association of defense communities. And, right. and you know, I think my first conference was in March of 2018 out in in San Diego. And I'm like, hey, there's it was such an eye-opening and educational experience for me that I really enjoyed uh I enjoyed going to all of them. Uh, missed them during COVID. I think we, you know, you guys did the best you could with the virtual meetings and, mm-hmm. and yeah, that was good on our budgets, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was necessary best for the exchange of ideas, but I, I really do think that um, what you do for all of the defense communities is, is, uh, is, is really awesome. And, and just, br- just bringing the communities together for the exchange of ideas has, has just been tremendous. Again, that was Jim Iacocca, president and CEO of the Knox Regional Development Alliance in Kentucky. Now we're going to go just a little bit north to Ohio. I also talked recently with Elaine Bryant. She's executive vice president for aerospace and defense at the Dayton Development Coalition. She's also managing director of the military and federal sector for Jobs Ohio. She came to this job after 20 years in the Air Force, wrapping up her service with a posting at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. I asked her about that journey from being an airman to being a community development leader. Thanks, Randy, um, for having uh, me on and uh, giving me the opportunity to share my story. It's really exciting to kind of look back at my uh, 20-year Air Force career and, you know, when you... uh, give your uh, your bat, your base pat, um, pass away and they say, okay, thank you for your service. And you go out into the community and you're like, okay, what am I going to do now? Which 
by the way, what I was going to do was bake cookies and be a stay-at-home mom and soccer mom. Uh, in five which months, is, which is great too. That's that's yeah. that's a noble yes, profession. totally great. Well. I, trust yeah. me, that was the dream, right? So you know, after your you know twenty years of experience, and you're out the gate, and you're like, what am I going to do? Like, is this really what I'm going to do? Uh, is be home, and you realize that there's so much opportunity to continue to serve and use the experiences that you have from the military out in your community. If you're, especially if you're still living in that defense community where. Uh, in my case, I retired uh, after 20 years from Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. I did a little bit of everything. Still don't know what I want to be when I grow up, of course. Uh, I'm an engineer by education. I did program management. I ran an intelligence engineering squadron at NASIC and F-35 and checked the Pentagon box here or there. Of course, my dream job was to be a commander, which I did twice, and teach at the Air Force Academy, which I did once. So I had all this, all these experiences And now I'm on the outside and I'm looking in going, all right, so what am I going to do? And so I get this call from a trusted friend from the base who says, hey, you got to meet with this guy who works at a Dayton Development Coalition because you are the perfect person for this job. And I said, no, you don't understand. I'm going to be a stay at home mom. I'm baking (laughs) cookies. I, you know, that's not what I'm doing. So after a couple lunches with my current boss, uh, Jeff Hoagland, I was sold in being able to take all those experiences from my 20 years. And, you know, I'm an Air Force Academy grad, so I have my experiences from being back there. And, and that's where I taught. And I was able to take it and bring it to this organization to help preserve and protect the missions at Wright Pat, right? So if you, you know, know what's going on at Wright Patterson Air Force Base, they are the acquisition headquarters for the Air Force. They are Uh, research and development with the Air Force Research Lab, intelligence, again, part of my background, AFIT, which is, you know, our, the MIT of the Air Force. And so I was able to look at that career and say, I can use my connections, use my experiences to help protect those missions here and also grow them, right? And also help this community understand what those missions are. So when people um, are out and about in Dayton or Springfield, they they know what's happening inside the fence and they know how strongly connected they are to being at the tip of national security, right? Like it's it's all happening um, here. And, you know, people usually think of being at the tip of the spear, you have to be like in the F-16 dropping bombs and all that stuff. But I will tell you, the folks here at Wright Pat and in Dayton, they're at the cutting edge because this is where all the technologies are being driven out of. And this is where all the acquirers are and uh, the companies that are here in this community that support that mission. And, and even the industries that are um, not specifically related to aerospace and defense, um, they're all connected to the mission because they support you know, the families, whether it's medical services, whether it's IT, finance, all of those things. So it, it's been very exciting to uh, over the last four years, going from uh, retiring in May of 2019 to October of 2019, I took this job. So almost four years, uh, actually almost to the date. And just to be able to to know that I'm still being able to serve and use all that the Air Force has given me over the last 20 years to continue to serve them. What was it like being in Dayton as a community when you were still on the base? Did it did it feel we we hear from some people who maybe uh, you know felt more at home in some communities than maybe they did others. Um, you were open. It sounds like maybe reluctant at first, but open to taking a job in Dayton. What was your perspective of the community when you were still on base? So I think that you get 
you, you know, when you're in your military career, you're in different phases, right? You're so for me, I was an officer. So you're kind of a, a junior officer and you're just, you know, wherever you land, you want to make sure that there's a, a good vibe and places to go and hang out. And then you've got your mid career in there where you're now starting to have kids and families and all that. And then you're more senior where you're now in leadership roles and you might get more exposed to a different aspect of the community than um, in those other two phases. And so I um, I was at Wright Pat in both my mid career and later career. And so when I got here, we had, you know, I was, we were having babies. So I had two boys, they were both born at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And, um, you know, I will tell you my, our head was pretty down. We were, we went home, we went to the daycare, we went to work, then we reversed it, picked them up and we went back home. And it was just, you know, all that we could do to survive, especially um, in my case, we're dual military. So my um, husband was um, in as well. And at that time, I was also an aide de camp. So I was traveling everywhere. So, you know, in that mid career and family going, we didn't really get out much. Now, the second time we came back to Wright Pat and in this community, we, we, I was starting to get more exposed to the community and the leadership and some of the things that they were doing. Like in Dayton, we have an amazing hometown heroes program, right? right. So we're able to now, okay, we can breathe and we can take the kids to a ball game and we can enjoy the community and, you know, all the things that they do uh, to support us. Um, so it was fun to be able to, to see it a little bit differently. I will say where I would probably encourage others to maybe think differently about it while you're in uniform is um, connections with industry. I think sometimes when you're in uniform inside the fence, you, you're kind of in the mentality of, well, we have to go through a contracting process or we have to, you know, I can't talk to industry unless I talk to all of them. And looking back at my time in life cycle management center, I would, I would encourage more folks to work with their industry partners, because right now, now that I'm on this side of the fence and I work on a daily basis with all the companies that truly, truly believe in the mission of the air force and want to work with them. I wish that more officers on the inside were more open to taking those calls, you know, to come out and speak at different things. And so th those are my perspectives uh, in terms of, you know, depending on where you are in uniform and in your career and life, you will see your community a little bit differently. That's an interesting perspective, the, 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 the industry connection. And what why is that beneficial to an officer necessarily? Yeah. So I think, you know, looking, like I said, looking back, I think what I missed out on was the innovation, the thinking outside the box, the being exposed to the good work that's being done outside of a contracting process, right? So a contracting process is very sad. It's far, you know, and we absolutely have to do that. And I'm not advocating otherwise, but if if we're out in the community, if we're interacting with folks on the industry sector and the side that are coming up with innovative ideas that maybe we just haven't thought of, right? So we're on the inside as acquisition officers and we're trying to put out RFPs, but you know, we're we're just, you know, inside our box, inside the fence. We may not be understanding that there might be 10 companies working on 10 different ideas to solve my problem that I just don't know about, and or they may not know about me. Right. So there could be companies that are working on commercial solutions um, that may not have any idea what's happening on the defense side or that that commercial solution 
could solve a warfighter problem, right? Because they're not searching the RFPs that I put out, you know, in my open source um, and all those things. So again, just having that connection. And again, we live in the same community as these folks, right? I mean, right. They're, they're in our kids' daycares, they're in our churches, they're in, you know, um, the Hometown Heroes events that we're at. And so that's something that I, I am very happy that we, I think we, the Dayton Development Coalition is the liaison between the industry community and the base. We, um, we, bring, we do those Hometown Heroes events, we do community receptions to bring those people uh, together on a continual basis. Because as you know, uh, folks rotate in and out so often. So that's why it's important to keep those relationships um, and keep those events and activities going. You, you mentioned industry. Let's talk about that for a minute because the, the defense industry, aerospace industry are, are huge around Dayton, but really statewide in Ohio, uh, as well as DOD civilians. And you have a dual role, which is a little uh, unique among defense community leaders because you, you also have a role at Jobs Ohio. So talk about the the connection uh, between Dayton Development Coalition and your role at Jobs Ohio and kind of how those go together. So it's um, it's really exciting to be able to take the my military experiences and my role in the Dayton Development Coalition, which is to preserve and protect the missions at Wright Pat Springfield in our Dayton VA, and be able to go to other communities to help teach them how to do that. So Dayton Development Coalition has been doing this for 20 years, right? We have a longstanding relationship with our folks um, at Wright Pat Springfield in the VA. And so as uh, so our president um, at Jobs Ohio, uh, JP Nassif is a, a former veteran. And um, he he saw the opportunity to take the model from the Dayton Development Coalition and spread it statewide. And so he instantiated a 10th sector uh, for Jobs Ohio. So these sectors are any, um, we have nine industry sectors. So automotive, aerospace, finance, tech, agriculture, so on and so forth. So they added a 10th called military and federal dedicated to preserving and protecting the federal missions across the entire state of Ohio. And the reason we add the word federal is because we recognize the huge impact that NASA Glenn has in mm -hmm. Cleveland and Sandusky. So for those of you listening to this podcast, if you didn't know that NASA was in Ohio, not only do you know now, but just know that it is an amazing, amazing organization that leads in power propulsion and communications for NASA, both in aeronautics and in space. And so my job um, as the military and federal sector lead is to go to the Dayton's of you know, the different cities across the state. So Cleveland, Columbus, Toledo, Youngstown, and help them build the relationships and the, the the different tools and opportunities that we have built over a long time uh, in Dayton so that they can be stronger defense communities, right? So for my Association of Defense Community folks, I mean, this is like the model that you probably want to take to the next step nationally with all the, the great work you guys are doing, right? So, we're, you know, we talk regionally and statewide, and then we bump up to what you're doing, right? You're trying to do it nationally. So we're we're building that for our whole state. Now, I will give great kudos, well-deserved. There are some communities that already have this in place. So Youngstown had mm -hmm. a strong and still has a very strong defense community and Columbus, Ohio. So Columbus has Rickenbacker. They have Defense Supply Center Columbus and a Defense Logistics Center there. 
And then Youngstown has the Youngstown Air Reserve Station. So right there is an example of Dayton is active, Columbus has got our guard, and then Youngstown um, has got the reserve component. So they already had some strong things, but what job, but by bringing me and my team in, so I, my teammates are Michael Dustman and uh, Ryan Blackburn, by bringing us on board, we're able to help amplify their message at different levels, whether it's at the state legislative level, which whether it's helping them with DSIP. So Youngstown just won DSIP grant announced uh, just a month ago. Uh, Congratulations. So took, thank you. So we took the lessons learned from what we did in Dayton to win a DSIP and we shared it with Youngstown. And so we're helping them. So even though they had their pocket, you know, their their group set up, we were able to bring more to their fight. And then there's other communities as well. So Toledo, their chamber is very strong in their community as well. But again, bringing additional help in the advocacy realm from our perspective. So I always tell people what's good for Dayton is good for Ohio. What's good for Ohio is good for Dayton. So these jobs are just really uh, complementary, and it's an honor to not only be able to do the regional stuff, but also to do a uh, statewide. You've mentioned several sites that I think if you ask people outside Ohio to map defense communities in Ohio, that they not would not necessarily have thought of. What, what do you find when you go to those communities in terms of their relationship to the industry and to the military versus maybe a larger defense community that does have a larger presence or maybe a, a major installation like Wright-Patterson? Well, for all of those communities, I will say we can always do better. We can always improve. So even here, you know, in Dayton and Wright-Pat, we are always continually looking for opportunities to improve those connections. But I will say it's been really fun to get to know these other communities one that I did not mention was Lima. Lima has General Dynamics land systems uh, is in um, Lima and they produce all the tanks that the army uses. How many people know that? I mean, billions of dollars just north of Dayton, two hours of Dayton, Ohio, and the tanks run off, come off the assembly line here for the entirety of our army. I mean, it's just amazing what we have. And so it, as you get to know the communities, you get to know where the gaps in knowledge are. And, and I know, you know, ADC is defense communities, but I'll use NASA again as an example, because, you know, when you, uh, I tell the guys, you know, this is part of, you know, we're getting better, right? When you fly into Cleveland, you fly in and you see the giant NASA meatball on the side of their hangar. <laughs> and that's the kind of publicity I want for all our defense communities, right? So that when you, right. uh, you know, you come in and we have it at Dayton Airport, you know, home of Wright Pat and all those things. But, you know, we there's there's always a lot more work to do. And uh, Randy, you and I were talking about the the Jobs Ohio um, ads that we had outside of yeah. Ohio, and, and it's funny because a lot of people don't realize how much work we do uh, to advertise Ohio and to get people to understand quality of life and how we're a defense community. But we had these ad campaigns where we had uh, billboards and it said, if uh, if you're in, D it was, say it was in DC and it said, uh, and you're sitting on, you know, 375 and it says, if you lived in Ohio, you'd be home by now, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, just, you know, different things like that to get the word out as to why Ohio. And then how do you connect it to the defense? Well, we did that ad campaign about, you know, sitting in traffic and all those other ones. We did that just in general to attract industry to Ohio. But then we took it very focused to our defense communities. And one of the things um, we just did was we partnered with AFA, 
for the past couple of years to have quite the presence at the Air Force Association. And uh, and, and it's been wonderful, the response we've gotten. And, and basically our tagline is we're taking care of America's military, right? We're just, that's what we want to do. We want when people get their orders and it says Ohio on it for them to be like, yes, right? It may never be Hawaii response. I get it. <laughs> but we want them to know that their family is going to be taken care of that what they're doing, their mission is going to be impactful, that their kids are going to have good schools. Um, and, and those are the things that we work on with our legislative entities, our advocacy folks. Um, and that's just really important for us to get that message out, whether it, it be in any of those towns. You mentioned earlier, and I'll close with this, you that there are things that can be done better in Dayton and you think in all defense communities. What What do you want to see uh, develop even further over the next few years? So I want us to keep on the track that we are. I mean, we are working very closely with the all of the, you know, they we call them the big 10. There's 10 pretty large uh, missions um, at Wright Pat. Um, one of them includes, by the way, Navy. So we have the Naval Medical Readiness Unit. Dayton is there, who's just an amazing facility, probably you know, the global leader in uh, human physiology, uh, R&D and testing. But um, I, what I would like to see get better is just, uh, and maybe it's not just better, but continue to grow, right, is uh, mm -hmm. that relationship and also um, the connection with industry and the connection with the community. You know, like I said, you still always find someone who's like, I don't know what they do at the base, or I don't know this, or right? But um, we're, we're continuing to have our Hometown Heroes events. I host a, a digital round table um, about mm, once a quarter or more, maybe more often, uh, where we talk about the digital transformation that the Department of the Air Force is undergoing. And we bring in universities, um, industry partners. Um, and that's, I get a steady like 150 uh, most of the time for a free webinar. Uh, and we bring on folks from the base to share, hey, this is what's coming up, those kinds of things. The other thing that um, is growing, and I, I'd love to see it to continue to go is as a community, we host the Life Cycle Industry Days and the Right Dialogue with Industry, and that's a partnership with the Life Cycle Management Center and the Air Force Research Labs. So we had um, over 1,800 people in Dayton uh, this summer, and we're looking at over 2,000 next year at our convention center. And it's basically an industry opportunity to hear what is happening at Wright Pat in those two um, organizations and how can industry and academia and anyone else who wants to know about it, how they can get plugged in to get contracts, to serve, you know, to provide R&D. So, you know, while, you know, when we think of being a defense community, there's so many things, right? There's the taking care of the family. There's the taking care of the member. There's the taking care of uh, the mission. So that's where this industry piece comes in. And what what I love about Dayton and the state of Ohio is we look at all of that holistically, right? We're not just focused on one. We have lots of partners that help us execute many of those things, but we look at it very strategically because, um, you know, our our goal is to stay as the number one state for military missions, military and federal missions, uh, the members both in and out of uniform. So something we haven't talked about, but I'll just hint at is the importance of our civilian workforce and their families and what they contribute is is part of what makes a defense community strong, right? Sure. And um, so that's a huge part of us. So so we um, we're very um, proud to support all of that and just continue our efforts to to make Ohio uh, the place uh, 
where our missions and our members and their families and, and veterans, we are the number five state for veterans as well. We take care of them as well. So um, it's just it's just a fun, humbling opportunity to be able to continue to serve. Well, thank you for, for your service. Thank you for everything you do for Ohio and within the ADC community and for taking the time to talk with us today. Thanks, Randy. Thanks again to Elaine Bryant from the Dayton Development Coalition in Jobs Ohio and to Jim Iacocca from the Knox Regional Development Alliance for talking with us. We have more one-on-one -on -one conversations with defense community leaders from across the country in the November 2023 edition of America's Defense Communities Magazine. That includes a look at how the landscape has changed for women in the military and communities, and some of the emerging voices that make up the next generation of community leaders. You can find those conversations and much more in the upcoming edition of America's Defense Communities Magazine. This episode of America's Defense Communities, the podcast, was produced by Mark Parrott and Allison Yang. It was written and hosted by Randy Ford, audio mixing by Mark Parrott. America's Defense Communities, the podcast, is a production of the Association of Defense Communities. Join us at defensecommunities.org.